This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Uh, let's get into the Word of God, praise God, together, because I want to share some things with you that I think will uh, really be a blessing to you. And uh, <clears throat> I'd like, if you would, to open your Bibles with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews, chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at a portion of Scripture there. And... Uh, um, that's going to serve as kind of the the crux of what we're sharing with you this evening. So if you would, there in your homes, there in the living room or kitchen, wherever you find yourself to be down in the den, I'd like for you just to bow your head with me and let's pray together and let's ask God to commit this word to our hearts for the furtherance of his kingdom and the advancement of what he wants to do in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much tonight that we have the privilege to gather in the name of Jesus. Thank God, Father, there's no distance in the Spirit. But God, as a church family, we come, unite our hearts together before you, and we thank you, Father, for the promises that have escaped your lips. We thank you for that which you said you would do, Father, and that you watch over your word to perform it. And so, Father God, I ask you by the Holy Ghost to help people to be people of faith, people that believe, that are not drawing back, Father, but are leaning into this kingdom business that we have the privilege of being a part of in our generation. And so I thank you, Father God, for your living word and for utterance in the Holy Ghost to be a blessing to those that are listening tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You know, there's something that Jesus said about the time that you and I are living in. His disciples asked him an important question. They said, when will your return be? What will be the signs of your coming? And he, in real detail, you know, began to explain to them what it is that the generation of his return could look for. And you'll notice here, now I know that our text is in in Hebrews, but this is in Luke chapter 21. And again, if you want to look there, you can. Luke 21, something that Jesus said with regard to this. Notice in the 25th verse of this 21st chapter, he said that there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. Now, you know, there are a lot of other guys that are much more scholarly than I am in the body of Christ that have talked to us about the blood-red moons and, and uh, how, you know, their frequency and how often that's happened and what significantly has occurred in history as a result of that. All of these things, you know, are, are, are part of what Jesus said would occur. So in this scripture, he said these things, that there would be these signs and we are seeing them with, with frequency. And it is for good reason. He said, and on the earth there will be distress of nations. And certainly we're seeing that. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. It also goes on, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now, you know, when you start to read that and you look at it a little bit, you know, you could get a little nervous about what it is that Jesus was talking about, but he said all of these things are going to come to pass, and fear not, child of God. I mean, 
in other words, you know, there are so many things Jesus said, and in, and in the midst of all of those things he said, he said, let not your heart be troubled. See that you be not troubled. In other words, if you're his child, praise God, he'll take a father's place, and he'll see to it that you're cared for. So we can't look at these things the way that the world looks at them. Of course, the way the world looks at them, they don't have answers, they don't know what's going on, so yes, their hearts will be failing them, and for fear of the things that are coming because they don't know and that's why God gave us the church so that we could be salt and light in the earth to share the truth of the gospel that we have been commissioned to go forth and to preach and in verse 27 it says then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power hallelujah I love that you know, all of this stuff is going on, you know, and all of it is, ca- you know, causing people to be unnerved, you know, and how it is that people, you know, that are getting into power. Don't you trouble yourself one little bit about it, because I'll tell you what, King Jesus is coming, and he's going to set the record straight. And not only that, but he's going to put people in their place, hallelujah, with all rule and all authority. And so again, it says, we'll see the Son of Man coming in, the, in a cloud with power and with great glory. And then he went on to say, verse 28, when you see these things begin to happen. Notice it says, he, Jesus said, look up and lift up your heads. I want you to say that with me. Lift up your heads. No, not, not put them down, you know, not drag around, not say, my Lord, what's going on here? No, he said, when you begin to see these things, look up, lift up your heads. Now notice he says, because your redemption is is near. Glory be to God forevermore. How many of you know that as a child of God, you don't have to fear? Yes, we are living in troublous times, no question about it. You know, the Apostle Paul said that in the last days, perilous times will come because men will become lovers of themselves. And he goes on and gives this really clear, distinctive kind of definition to the behavior of mankind, and we're seeing it on every side. Dear friend, I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is going to be coming soon in the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. And that's why you need to be in this meeting that we're having at the end of the month in July, because praise God, it'll help you. It'll bless you. It will strengthen you. It will give you faith, hallelujah, to be able to live your life in a successful and a victorious kind of way. So Jesus said these things would happen. And of course, you know, in recent months, we've seen problems and things that seem to come from every side. I mean, you know, whether it's economics or if it's some kind of a cultural social issue, or it may be, you know, even public health matters, different things of that nature. I mean, the list is long. And all of these kinds of problems, they, they, they develop or they at least try to breed uncertainty within the hearts of people. And certainly it's doing that. You know, people are wondering about their futures and wondering, you know, with, and, and with that comes this anxiety. You know, the Bible tells us that as a child of God that we're not to be careful about anything. Now, you know, if you're out there in the world and you don't know Jesus, listen, I, I would be scared too. 
But I'm telling you that as a child of God, God has already paved the way. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly the way this is going to turn out. And so as long as you and I, child of God, keep our eyes on him and do what it is that he's asked us to do, we do not have to fear. You don't have to fear. Praise God. You need to resist fear when it comes. Now, some of the things that you can do is shut off the television. You know, people watch TV, and all it is is this negative kind of narrative. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, listen, I I watch Fox News. (laughs) Well, do you? Well, always remember that it doesn't make any difference what news media that you're talking about. Drama sells. And so they're going to create it one way or another, whichever side of the fence that you're on. But, you know, it doesn't always do people any good, you know, to be listening to this stuff. And some people, that's all they do. They sit around and they listen to it, and it's no wonder that you're all knotted up because of what it is that's going on in the world. If you listen to that stuff, it's always negative, you know. They'll give you a 30-second shot at the end about supposed good news. Well, listen, I got good news you can watch 24-7, and it's right here called the Word of God. Hallelujah. So I want you to think with me a little bit about that, and if you need to be making some changes about the input, what it is that you're allowing yourself to be influenced by, then by all means you may need to make some different changes there. But for the believer, the child of God, you know, there is one thing that is certain, and that is God. Hallelujah. I tell you what, praise God. You know, it's so wonderful to know and to be assured that we have a heavenly Father, praise God, because, you know, God is our constant. What do I mean by that? I mean, God never changes. And not only does he not change, I tell you what, praise God, he does not lie. He does anything and everything that he has said, he doesn't change it up, you know, as we're going down the road here because of circumstances in the world. Like I said, he knows everything from the end to the beginning. I mean, you know, and the other way around too. I mean, he knows all. And so he's told us what it is, you know, he said, he has shown the old man what is good and what is required of you. Do justly, love mercy, praise God, and walk humbly before God. If you'll do that, I'll guarantee you, you'll be all right. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Praise God. Everybody say it together. I'm going to be all right. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. Why? Because you're a child of God, because he loves you, because Jesus came and gave his life as a ransom for you. He shed his blood, praise God. He was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father so that you could live victoriously, that you could have life and life more abundant. That is the plan that God has for every child of God, for every person that will believe him. Now, let's look at this, this scripture that I mentioned to you as our text in the book of Hebrews. I just love the Bible, don't you? Praise God. I mean, it's like a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's got so many wonderful promises in it. But notice this verse of scripture with me in Hebrews and chapter 10. And we've read it before, but it bears repetition. Hallelujah. Notice in verse 35, this is so good. Here's an exhortation for you tonight. Glory to God, depending on what's been going on in your life. Yeah, come on. Glory to God. Amen. Look what it says here in verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your what? 
Don't throw away your confidence. Confidence in what? Confidence in what God said. Hallelujah. Why? It has a great reward. But if you pitch it out the window, if you let it go, if you don't continue to embrace it, guess what? There is no reward because God honors faith. Hallelujah. The Bible says that faith is the substance or it gives substance to that which we hope for. It serves as an evidence of what it is that you and I do not see. But if I throw it out the window, if I give up on what it is that God has promised and what it is that I believe, then all of a sudden I don't have anything. So read it again with me. Notice what it says here in verse 35. He says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of, what's that next word? endurance. Hallelujah. Well, I just don't think I can take it anymore. No, you can. Praise God. Why? Because God said you can do all things. Everybody say all things. Yeah, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So he says here in the verse of scripture to admonish us in verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you, there's a blessing in store for you. There's a promise to be fulfilled in your life if you'll trust him. Hallelujah. Verse 37, he's quoting Isaiah here, and he says, For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't consider slackness like men do. You know, we're asking the question, where's the sign of his coming, you know? Especially those that are, you know, they don't know God and they're, and they're godless and they don't fear God and they mock and they say all these things and whatever, you know. So, so uh, they have no uh, place of reference. Don't listen to the world, friend. Listen to me. Listen to God. Listen to what he said. Don't, don't be shamed by the world. I mean, they're, they're, they're professionals at trying to shame people. Dude, I'm telling you, you don't have anything to be ashamed of. The apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, and neither should you be. Glory to God. I'm telling you, after all, you're the one who has the promises. You're the one who knows that your future is secure. You're the one who is enjoying peace, not them. And so it becomes imperative for the child of God not to allow himself to be overwhelmed by the voices of this world. Now notice again it says in this verse, For yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous ones shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in what he promised that he would come again. And it goes on and says, But if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But I like the next verse, and I'm telling you what, I'm going to keep company with this group right here. Notice in verse 39 it says, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith, hallelujah, and preserve their souls. Listen to me. 
You know, notice this verse of Scripture. It says, we're not of those that draw back or, or shrink back and, listen, are destroyed. Did you know that you can be a child of God, but if you don't have faith, if you don't decide you're going to believe God and trust Him, then you can end up being destroyed. And it won't be, be because God wanted it to happen. It, won't, it will not be because He willed for it to happen. No, what happened is, is that you cast away your confidence. You let it go. Dear friend, don't do that. Come on now. Thank God for the company of faith, people of like precious faith. Get around people that believe God. You know, get around people that trust God. Get around people that magnify God. Those are the ones you want to hang out with because those are the ones that will bring blessing into your life, encourage you in your faith, and cause you, praise God, to keep going. Now, last week, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, in our lives, there's times when we experience loss and Sometimes, you know, we, we have all of these setbacks and things of that nature. And of course, that's especially true in the last two and a half, three months, you know. But <clears throat> uh, these things come our way. Trouble comes our way. And, and, but thank God we're not alone in the trouble. And here's the good news about it, you know. If we've experienced loss or discouragement or, you know, setbacks or something, thank God it doesn't have to stay that way. And why is that? Because, praise God, our God is a God of recovery. Remember we talked about that last week? I mean, God wants us to be recovered from. He wants to bring restoration to every one of our lives. Hallelujah. So if that's been your case, you know, if you, you know, I mean, stuck, you've been, you know, locked up or whatever the case might be, I'm telling you what, God is turning things around. Hallelujah. And he's going to turn them around for you. Glory to God. Believe that because he wants the very best for you as a child of God. Glory to God. And we looked at Samuel, or not Samuel, we looked at David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And maybe you could turn over there with me in your Bibles. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. You know, <clears throat> David was quite a man. Hallelujah. I mean, he loved Jesus, or he loved God. And, and, uh, you know, he just served God. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But, you know, even David, you know, in, in his devotion to God, he still had to deal with challenges. He faced a lot of trouble. You know, there were all kinds of things, you know, that, that happened within his life, and yet God brought these things to pass. And here's the thing you need to understand, you guys. You know, David was a child of promise. The, the prophet came and anointed him to be the king of Israel. Well, listen to me. You're a child of promise. The Lord Jesus Christ himself came and shed his blood so that you could be in the family of God. Hallelujah. You know, no more strangers, no more alienation from the life of God, but I'm telling you what, right in the middle of the family of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you what, the Bible says that your and my citizenship is in heaven. You know, we're, we're running by a different set of rules, dear friend. Come on. Hallelujah. And so God has done some things for us. If we'll just believe him, just believe him, praise God. Allow him to do some exceeding, precious, great, wonderful things within our lives because of this thing we call faith. Notice here in the 30th chapter, verse 1, we'll just read it together here. It says that it came to pass that when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten it and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, neither great nor small, but they carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captives. And then David 
And the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, uh, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all people was grieved for every man for his sons and for every man his daughters. But David, thank God, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the uh, ephod. And he brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue. Hallelujah. Say that with me. Pursue. Praise God. He went on to say, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Did you know that God wants you to recover everything? Praise God, I'm telling you. He's such a wonderful heavenly father. And so we got this story, you know, and there's so many aspects of it that we could discuss and talk about, you know, and things that happened, you know. David had 600, basically, they'd become mercenaries. And these guys, they had some issues. When they came to David at the, in the uh, cave of Adullam, the Bible describes them as people that were distressed, that were in debt, huh? you know, and, and not only distressed and in debt, but discontented. So they were angry, troubled, debt-ridden, messed up, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, pretty goofed up bunch. But they, you know, decided to make David their captain. Captain, And so he said, all right, if you're going to be with me, this is the way we're going to roll. We're going to have some character. We're going to have some integrity. We're going, to have, we're going to do things the way that God wants them to be done. Now, when they come into this pressure situation where they lost their families, their livelihood, all, everything that belonged to them, you know, all of a sudden, the character of these individuals began to show. How many of you know that whenever we get into trouble, sometimes we want to try to blame somebody else? You know, they got to talking and murmuring, saying, you know, if we hadn't been out on this military campaign, you know, three days away from here, none of this would have happened. We wouldn't have had to, you know, we'd have been here to be able to defend our wives and children, and now they're gone. You know, it just, it just goes and goes and goes. So, you know, David couldn't call a prayer meeting with the group that he was with because they all wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. So the Bible tells us that what David did was is he began to inquire of the Lord, but he began to encourage, oh, I love this, himself in the Lord his God. I love that. Why? Because, you know, it, it, did, it didn't say he began to encourage himself in the Lord. It didn't say that. It said that he began to encourage himself in the Lord, listen, his God. Woo! Glory to God. Listen to that for a moment. He didn't, again, he didn't say, uh, well, you know, David just kind of encouraged himself in the Lord, you know, and, and no, he began to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. And that's significant, dear friend, because I tell you what, if you're in right relationship with God, he is 
your God. Hallelujah. That makes it personal, doesn't it? And that's exactly what he did is, is that he turned toward God, his, his, his personal relationship that he had with him, and he began to encourage himself in that. Now, I asked you last week, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, how do you encourage yourself in the, in, in the Lord your God? I mean, what's that look like? I mean, I, I was being a little bit facetious. I mean, do you pull a rabbit's foot out of your, out of your pocket, and, you know, rub it a little bit? Is that the way you encourage yourself in the Lord? I sure hope not. You know, you, you call a prayer meeting, you know, we all get around and kind of commiserate, you know, because we all have problems. I don't think that's what happened. No, I'd like to suggest to you in, in the context of this, hallelujah, you know, as he began to encourage himself in the Lord is God, I'd like to suggest to you, first of all, I guarantee you that this, this young man, you know, he couldn't be, he didn't start, he wasn't a king until he was 30 years old. So he had to be in his mid to late 20s when all of this was, well, actually he's probably about 29, because shortly after this he moved to Hebron and became the king of Judah. So he's 28, 29 years old, maybe almost 30, and here's this young man, and he's, you know, everybody around him, they, they got no answers, and they're wanting to come against him about it. So here's what I'd like to suggest to you he did that this young man began to remind himself, hallelujah, listen, of how big his God was. I want to ask you, do you do that or do you spend all your time dwelling on the problems? You know, are you just thinking about all the woes me or you, you're looking at this and that and it's not working out? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic because, you know, these things that you and I, they, or that we deal with, you know, on a daily basis perhaps, they're very real. And so I'm, I'm not here to, to, to invalidate those things. But the reality is, is that if you, my friend, want to have help, if you want a, a different direction for your life, if you want to go in a way that brings blessing and victory to your life, you've got to begin looking at something rather than what it is that you currently are. So I encourage you to do what David did because here's the thing. You know, when we look at this story, and you could, you could meditate on this and you could pull so many more things out of this, but what you begin to see is a template or a pattern for faith in a troubling time. And I tell you what, it worked for David and it can work for you. And so again, he began to encourage himself in the Lord, his God, by beginning to rehearse and to remind himself of how big his God was. And he, he had done it, you know, if you look back as a 17-year-old, a teenage kid, when he was before Saul, you know, and he was going to go out and fight Goliath. Saul said, well, you're going to need some gear here. So he took all of his, his uh, uh, armor and gave it to David, and he put it on, and, you know, it swallowed him up. You know, the Bible says that Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else. So he's a very big, tall man. There's no telling how uh, tall David was, but let's just put it this way. The stuff didn't fit. So he took it all off. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> Saul said, well, you know, you're, you're no match for this guy. I mean, he's been a, he's been a person of war from his youth and growing up, and he's going he's gonna to eat your lunch. And, and I want you to listen to what it is that David did before Saul. He said, he said uh, Master King, he said, O King, he said, when I was watching my father's sheep and there was a bear that came, he said, I, you know, I ran after him and I took the sheep out of his mouth and I, I, I killed the bear. 
And he said, and there was a lion that did the same thing, and I did the same thing, you know. And he said, and this is what he said. He said, the Lord that helped me to take care of the lion and the bear is going to help me to take care of this uncircumcised Philistine because who is he that he would defy the armies of the living God. Now, I don't know if that, does, if that doesn't show you a picture of a young man reminding himself and rehearsing how big his God was, I don't know what does. And so I got to believe in this, in this troubling, you know, time of loss in David's life that he just didn't pause and he began to think about, you know, the lion, the bear, Goliath, and all of this, you know. In other words, he began to rehearse, you know, where God had intervened, where he had moved supernaturally, where he had given David the victory when he had escaped out of the hands of Saul, all of these different kinds of things. And the more he began to think about that instead of the current circumstances, you know, all of a sudden, faith started to rise up on the inside of him. Now, there's another thing I'd like to suggest to you, because David was a psalmist, you know, so he was, he was into music, glory to God. I mean, we look at the psalms, and all of those are songs that he wrote by inspiration of the Spirit of God. I don't know this for certain, but I'd like to suggest to you that along with what he rehearsed about how big his God was, he's, he may have started singing one of those psalms. It could have been Psalm 34, you know. The, you know, he, in Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Think about that with me, you know. And he began to rehearse that, that, that psalm, you know, in his own mind. And probably, you know, some other people, you know, had heard it before. Maybe they began to chime in. There's no, there's no telling what happened in that. But he said, my bo in verse 2, he said, My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. And then he said, listen to this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What does it mean to magnify something? It means to make it bigger. Hallelujah. Huh? You know, if you've got a magnifying glass, you know, the reason that you, you know, you can hold it, you know, a little closer or further away. And what does it do? It magnifies or it makes it bigger. So he began to magnify his Lord, the Lord his God. You know, he said, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together because I sought the Lord, hallelujah, and he answered me, listen, and delivered me from all of my fears. Do you think David was in a moment of fear? Yeah, all the guys around him wanted to take his life, huh? So he began to encourage himself. Listen, if this pattern or this template that David used and it worked for him, praise God, it can work for you. It can work for me. You know, we sing all the time, you know, different songs uh, uh, that we sing together. And I'm thinking about one in particular, you know, uh, we sing about how great is our God. You know, how great is our God. Oh, sing with me how great is our God. You know, when you get into trouble, dear friend, I'm telling you what, you need to start singing the praises of God. Now, you might not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but I'll tell you what, it'll bless you, hallelujah, and it'll help you, and, and you know, it'll do you some good, glory to God. And if you have to, sing it again, glory to God. And if you need inspiration, get in the shower because that echo maybe will help you. I don't know. Hallelujah. But the fact of the matter is, is that what ends up having to happen within our lives here as we look at this, I want you to see this. 
because I believe that it's what David did. And I want you to know that through praise and worship, listen, listen closely, through praise and worship, David changed his focus. David changed his focus. Let me ask an important question here, you know, as we talk about this, you know, what is it that you're focused on? Well, you know, I get up every day, you know, and it's the same old thing, you know. Well, maybe you need to change it up. Come on. Well, you know, I tried that, you know, and it works for a little while, but then I'm right back to it. Maybe we need to stay there a little longer. Maybe we need to stay there as long as it takes. You know, a lot of times when you go to the doctor, he'll say, well, this is my diagnosis and this is what you got. So he says, I got a prescription here. And he says, you know, uh, on here, it'll tell you that you're supposed to take one of these a day. But when you first get this prescription, what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to take three of them like three times a day. Now, that may be an exaggeration, but it's just a, uh, an illustration. And, and you say, well, doc, why do you want me to do that? And he'll say, because there's nothing in your body as far as the prescription is concerned. And so what I want you to do is I, wanted, I want you to take extra on the front end to load your body with the medication so that we can begin to combat whatever it is that's going on within your life. And I tell you what, a bunch of Christians need to load up on the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know, large doses. When Paul was writing to the church at Colossae, he said, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Hallelujah. You know, so in other words, there needs to be an abundance, and sometimes that's the last thing that people will do, and so they become emaciated spiritually because they got no, they got no stuff, you know? So I just encourage you, praise God, if you got to put it in there in abundance, people will say, well, you know what, you know, I, don't, I think you're a little crazy, you know, getting carried away with this stuff. Well, just go ahead and get carried away because you'll be the one that's possessing peace and joy, hallelujah, in the Holy Ghost, glory to God, and you'll be blessed because of it. And so it works, I'll tell you that this much. But David, again, through praise and worship, he changed what he was looking at. Again, I want to appeal to you and ask you, what is it that you're looking at? Because I tell you what, praise God, it's interesting, you know, because perspective determines whether you're encouraged or discouraged. You know, they have optimist clubs all over the nation, you know, people get together. Why? Because they're optimistic, they're, they're optimists, and so they get together and, you know, and, and they talk about the good side of things. Hallelujah, you know, guess what? Uh, it might help a bunch of us uh, to, to do the same. Are you with me? And so I'm just telling you that these are things that you can do, because setbacks and losses, they happen to all of us, but they are in no way a reflection of our wonderful, uh, the wonderful nature of our Heavenly Father. Are you listening to me? They do occur. I mean, if you're on, the, if you're on this planet, this little globe spinning around, you know, you're going you're gonna to deal with trouble. You're going to deal with, you know, uh, attempts at loss and different things of that nature. But I'm telling you what, praise God, God is not a God of loss. He is a God of recovery. I hope that you believe that with me tonight. Hallelujah. How y'all holding up? I hope you're doing okay. Because, uh, you know, I'm blessed just reading it or, or just uh, preaching this to you. So, you know, uh, in going back into... Uh, the story of David, I mentioned this last week, but it's an important point, and I want to simply reiterate it, and that is simply this. You know, when David approached God, his, his prayer was not one of acceptance and re resignation, and the reason is, is because David knew that what had happened to them and, you know, all of those that were with him was not the will of God. 
All right? Now, you know, you may have to get some things straightened out theologically, but I'm telling you what, God is a good God. He's not a bad God, and He doesn't have loss. He doesn't have, you know, discouragement. He doesn't have, you know, all of the things that are represented, you know, in a a situation where things are taken from you. God is a God who brings and adds things to you. Hallelujah. And so he knew that. So his prayer was not one of resignation. It wasn't one of just accepting things, you know, well, I guess, you know, God has some infinite wisdom, you know, that knows why this went on. I'm telling you what, there's a lot of stuff that happens in people's lives that is not from heaven. And God is not the author of it. So when he's praying, his posture in the prayer is, is do you want me to pursue them so that I can recover this? And God said, pursue them. And without fail, you will recover everything. And you know what? It happened just that way. Hallelujah. And then they were able to come back and bring all of their families back. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God's will toward all of his children is always good, not evil. Hallelujah. You know, listen, don't get on the wrong side of that theology because it'll mess with your life. God is a good God. James said it this way, brethren, listen, do not err. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning of his own will. Did he give birth to us, begat us by the word of truth so that you and I could become first fruits of his creatures? Glory to God, I'm telling you, God is on your side. Hallelujah. Say that with me. God is on my side. He's for you. He's not against you. When you experience loss, when you experience discouragement, all of these things, it's not coming from heaven. But I tell you what, heaven does want to come alongside you and wants to help you and wants to bless you. Glory to God. But, but, but here's the thing, you know, that's why we have to be people of faith. That's why we have to be those that believe that we're not drawing back, but we're leaning into the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Because we have faith in what it is that God has promised because he wants. You know, and, and when I say people of faith, um, I'm talking about people that believe what he said. Believe what the, the promises are found in the Word. Listen, don't listen to the lies of the devil. I'm telling you what, he is the father of lies. The Bible says there is absolutely no truth in him. He'll always tell you, you know, that God didn't do this. And he'll always try to pitch you against or drive a wedge in between you and your heavenly father because he's a liar. He knows that when you're united together with him, when the truth is what is serves as the guide within your life, there's nothing that he can do to destroy you or to discomfit you or cause problems in your life because the truth is what sets you free. And he's intending to bind you, so the very first thing that he says is, is, well, you know, God didn't treat you right, or God did this. God didn't do it. Hallelujah. Let's read the Bible. Hallelujah. Because the reality is, is that the absolute imperative of heaven is, is that God wants to raise people up. Hallelujah. You know, the Word of God, when we read it, we discover all over the place the wonderful nature of our Heavenly Father and what it is that He has chosen to do for us. You know, again, and we're running out of time here, but you know, with the nation of Israel, the Bible says that He saw what they were going through and He says, I have come down to raise them up. 
That is the, the, the guiding principle of heaven, and that is, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus himself came down into this earthborn existence. Why? To raise people up to set the captive free. Glory to God. That is our God. That is his nature. That is his will for you. He wants you to be full of joy. Glory to God. The Bible talks about joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. To experience peace in your life. But the thing is, is you and I, we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to resist the devil, the Bible says, and he'll flee from us. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. God is on your side. He wants success for you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy life and life more abundant. That's why he sent Jesus. Embrace it. Believe it. Grab it. Take it. Run with it. Glory to God. Enjoy all that heaven has for you. Hallelujah. And not only that, will you be impacted, but you'll be able to impact the lives of other people around you. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, that's a good word. Woo! Glory to God. So I trust that you'll, you'll look at that. Again, let me just say this. I, I shared it with you last week, and I'll, I'll close with this. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord look throughout the whole earth, and he wants to show himself strong. Everybody say strong. He wants to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are completely his. Child of God, listen. I'm telling you what, praise God, you are so blessed. Glory to God. You're more, <laughs> the fact of the matter is you're blessed sometimes and don't even know it. You know, so it's important for us to embrace these things. Hallelujah. So let me just close with this this evening. You've been such great listeners, but here's, here's the word. You know, God never said that we wouldn't have trouble. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but listen, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. What's that mean? That just simply means that when trouble comes your way, you're not in it alone. God will stand with you, and not only that, he'll deliver you. Praise God. What will that do? It'll glorify God. It'll honor God. You know, when you get delivered, when you get set free, you know, when you've got joy and peace, guess what? That honors God. That glorifies him. And in, a one, in one sense, we magnify the Lord with our lives because of a thing called faith. Listen to me. Let's have faith tonight. Praise God. You know, if you've been struggling, if, you, if you've got a situation where you've been discouraged or it's just been a long time coming or, you know, however you may describe it, I'm telling you what, God wants to set you free. He wants you to be free. Hallelujah. And that begins, first of all, in, in here. You know, that we're going to begin to believe him. We're going to be, tr we're going to uh, trust him. And not only that, we're going to begin to do, listen, we're going to begin to do what it is that he tells us to do. Praise God. Pray with me tonight, would you? Praise God. Father, I just want to thank you for each and every person that's listening to this evening's service. I thank you, Father, for the blessing of God in their life as a child of God. If, no, uh, if they haven't made a decision uh, to receive you, Father, I ask you to help them, draw them to you. Father, may there be a simple prayer within their heart that says that they invite you to come into their lives, that they repent and decide that they're going to walk with you and be a follower of you. 
And Father, for others that again are discouraged or just, you know, uh, have a need in their life, God, help them to let faith rise in their heart. Praise God. Let them be the people that will say, God is my refuge, that he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble, and therefore I will not fear. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for strengthening them, blessing them. Father, coming in and going out in the name that is above every name, the name of God. Jesus. Glory to God. Well, listen, again, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Praise God. You know, just pack it down in there. Take what we've talked about here tonight. Think about it some more. Read the scriptures that we shared with you as references and different things. And let that word get down on the inside of you. Glory to God. So that you've got something to fight with. Hallelujah. I know that if you'll do that, you will be blessed. Glory to God. So, uh, you know, as a usual thing, again, we just want to thank you for your support of the local church. Thank you for keeping the church strong by your giving. You know, of course, you can text to give. Many of you have done that. And not only that, but many of you have given online. We just want to thank you in advance uh, for that because, praise God, we've been able to do a lot of different things here at the church, just kind of keep things up, do what it is that we're doing, make some improvements, and so on and so forth. And like I said, we've had a lot of new faces coming to the church. And so we're excited about that. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, it, it, I mean, uh, the church uh, and, and the church family's future is bright. So we hope that you'll join us this Sunday morning, 945, here at the Fellowship, praise God. Otherwise, have a great, blessed week, and we'll look forward to seeing you very, very soon. God bless you.